welcome to the Genesis Church Podcast. Good morning. morning. How y'all doing? All right, all right. Well, happy 4th of July weekend. I see we got a lot of people here, which means you're not in the emergency room, so you guys all have your fingers and everything's intact, right? All right, be careful out there. Um, It is 4th of July weekend, and uh, Pastor Tim and Pastor Chad are, um, they escaped. They decided they want no part of this. Um, actually, Pastor, Pastor Tim is in Westridge Church in Georgia this morning preaching, and Pastor Chad is preaching at another church, and so we decided we would bus in, fly in, uh, a, a pastor <laughs> to speak here, uh, since we're mixing it up a little bit. And so I want you to give a round of applause to Pastor James Lynch. All right. Uh, and we're so grateful to have all of you here with us and those of you online uh, watching with us. And um, we want to share that, that as we talk about his story, my story, um, Pastor James Lynch is the son of James, uh, Jim and Joy Lynch, who you guys uh, helped us commission into our elder board uh, just last week. And as we heard his story and we got to learn a little bit more about him, uh, we felt it was extremely important Uh, that he get an opportunity to share his heart and his story with all of you here today. So I want you to give him a wonderful round of applause and welcome him here. I'm sure he's like shrinking away from that applause as it is as as I've got to know him. But I want you to know one important thing. We're not going to sit here and and just run through just blah, blah, blah. This is what I did. This is where I go. This is where I grew up. Um, Because he did all of that at our Thursday Talk podcast. And uh, if you did not have an opportunity to hear or watch that. It's available on, on all of our platforms, on Facebook, on YouTube, blah, da, 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 da. But you need to go back and you need to hear uh, this man's story because it is actually quite unique. But what we're going to spend our time doing this morning is to uh, sit in some key parts. Um, his story, my story, is where we're camping out in um, this, this summer. And his story is absolutely incredible. And so his heart is even more incredible. And that's where we're going to spend our time with today. So again, uh, we thank you that all of you are here with us. James. What's going on? What's up? You good? You caffeinated? You comfortable? Uh, Half. Half caffeinated? I'm good. good. Half calf. We got to fix that. All right. (laughs) I am super caffeinated. And so let's go. All right. Uh, I'll just follow you. I'll just follow you. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, you are a pastor in South Korea. Yeah. And you're families there with you. Can we get a picture of his beautiful family on the screen? There we go. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your family there? Yeah, this is my wife, Kimberly, or Kim. Right. Um, yeah, we've been together for 12 years. Okay. Um, met at Liberty University, so maybe that's why uh, Pastor Tim and Chad trusted me to be here, because I'm a Liberty guy, too. Uh, Liberty. Um, <laughs> but, I'm um, not going to call it a cult, but you, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. No, I'm just kidding. Kidding, 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 kidding. All right, go ahead. Yeah, but we've been here 12 years. Uh-huh. Um, uh, she's a eighth grade history teacher. Awesome. Um, she's been teaching for, yeah, I don't know. How many years has it been now? 12? 13 years. That's great. Thank you. Middle school That's boys, good. huh? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Need the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And this is my son, Elijah, or okay. Eli. And he is four and a half years old. Hi, Elijah. Yeah. He's planning on being a pastor, too. Yeah? Yeah. All right. That's his plan, at least. That's what he tells everybody. That's what he tells everybody? So I try to tell him not to, but that's what he tells everybody. All right. And so you guys have been in South Korea for how long? Eight years now. 
eight yeah. years. Yeah, moved there eight years ago. All right. Yeah, we're uh, we're in Lynchburg, Virginia, which is where Liberty was. Um, planted a church or helped plant a church with a team um, in Raleigh, North Carolina. Did that for three years. Okay. But the, the the heart and the plan, even in that, was always to be in Korea, uh, planting churches. And so we've been there now for eight years. Okay. Yeah. So while you were here, you knew you would be heading to South Korea. Yeah, uh, in seminary, felt God's leading and call, um, not just to pastoral ministry, not just to church planning, but specifically uh, to Korea and, and Far East Asia. So, okay. yeah, that's where he led us. But now you're, you're like, super, super simplifying uh, this, this story here because um, you didn't want to be in South Korea. That's true. You didn't even want to be a pastor. That is also true. All right, right? Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, and yeah. so what, some of the things that struck me um, as you were sharing your story at, at the podcast um, was you had, you had not just one, but, a, but many come to Jesus moments. Right? Yeah, and yeah. Can we talk briefly about that? Sure, yeah. Um, you know, grew up in the church, um, like so many of you, I'm sure. Grew up in the church, and I don't know, I guess when I was like 13 or so, um, had sort of made a, a personal decision to, to not follow Jesus, um, which is, I guess, it's the opposite of what you're supposed to do, right? Um, but just, um, I had personally struggled a lot since elementary school with um, a lot of deep anxiety and depression, and um, I couldn't reconcile um, struggling through that um, and then believing that there's this God who, who heals, um, as we were singing about, and then not experiencing that for myself. And so as a, as a 13-year-old kid, was like, I don't really want anything to do with this. Um, and so um, surprisingly um, to me, even at that time, I remember approaching my parents and telling them that's what I wanted to do. I don't want to go to church anymore. I don't want anything to do with this anymore. And they were like, okay, that's okay. You can stay what? home, which was surprising because um, some parents would be like, you're coming no matter what, right? Um, but they never forced it on me, and they let me sort of, my story or God work in me that way. And so, um, yeah, I guess long story short, I, I share this in the, in the, in the podcast, but, um, I moved, uh, I actually dropped out of high school, my, the spring semester of my senior year. Um, and so, um, which I, my parents were thrilled about. Um, and, um, we were in New York at the time and I told them that, um, I'm, I'm, I'm dropping out of school and I'm moving to California by myself. Um, and you can't stop me. Uh, and, and they, and they didn't. did it. They didn't. Wow. Um, and so, so I went and, um, yeah, God, through a, a series of events, uh, really kind of shook the ground beneath me, um, revealed himself to me. Um, and somehow I ended up at Liberty University transferring there. And um, once I was there, um, yeah, there was a, a spiritual emphasis week uh, that happens there every, like, late August, September, and um, there was an evangelist there. Some of you might be familiar with his name. His name is Clayton King, really powerful ministry, and he was there to do um, speak through Spiritual Emphasis Week, the goal being to share the gospel, to see students come to Christ, because not everybody at Liberty, all the students, not all of them are Christians, right? Uh, hard to believe that, but um, that's the truth. And so um, I remember being in this basketball stadium full of, full of students, probably 8,000 of us. Everyone's worshiping. I'm there by myself trying to figure out what's all this Christian stuff, you know, going on. It's been, you know, I was whatever, six, seven years removed from it. And um, he does this come to Jesus, you know, at the end, altar call, 
hundreds of kids are going up to receive faith. And um, I remember just this, this moment imprinted in my memory. He finishes, he starts to walk off the stage, stage right, and he stops. Um, he comes back to the middle and he says, I don't normally do this, but I felt like as I was walking on the stage, God stopped me because there's somebody here in this room um, who God is calling into full-time pastoral ministry. And if that's you, calm down. Um, actually, I didn't know my wife at the time, but she was in the, the crowd that night actually taking notes. She has this written down. Um, we didn't even know each other yet. But I'm looking around and thinking, wow, this is incredible. Who is this? And I felt God say, that's you. Get up. Um, and, you know, my plan was to do something in the business world. My, my father was an entrepreneur. My, my brothers are both in business. My, my brother-in-law, you know, is in the tech, you know, business industry. This is what I'm supposed to do. Um, and without really thinking, um, I'm standing and going down this, the stairways of this, this basketball stadium and having this conversation with God. This is not me. I'm not doing this. And but I'm physically walking, um, and there I am, you know, um, in front of in front of this, these people prayed for, and um, I had to go to the the dean of of the religion department um, and all the admin at at Liberty to say, hey, I'm the guy who went up. I need you to wipe all my classes. I need to withdraw from everything and change to biblical studies degree, um, and so I had to start over, um, and and I did. Um, and, and that was sort of how things happened. So Incredible. And so that was the beginning of a journey that yeah. led you to South Korea. Yeah. And yeah. again, I'm going to leave some parts of this story out because I want you to go back into the podcast and listen to it. <laughs> um, but God did amazing things through this journey. You met a beautiful woman, which is always a bonus, right? You, you didn't travel to Korea alone, right? They say at Liberty, um, they set it up specifically, 5,000 guys, 5,000 girls. So Dr. Fall used to say, if you can't find someone here, you're never going to find anyone. That's what he used to say. No pressure, <laughs> students. No pressure at all. So we all took that very seriously. <laughs> no, there was no, no. a lot of pressure. We, we took that very seriously. We were, it made you nervous. Like, you know? <laughs> so the funny part about listening to your podcast is, like, you're like the kicking and screaming Moses type to get to South Korea. You're just like, no, pick somebody else, please, not me. Yeah. But then there you are. And, and as I'm, I'm listening to you tell the story, you, you know, you're referencing Matthew 6. Um, you're talking about how you basically made a deal with God, which is basically Jacob's wrestling match, right? Yep. Um, and, and so I wanted to ask you, especially since, you know, you moved away, you know, you went back. Um, you know, my mom used to always say God's word doesn't return void. Mm. And so you have this, this seed planted in your heart. How important was scripture to you? Um, and okay, you're going to be like, of course, scripture is important. But here's the heart of the question, okay? <laughs> H- how important is scripture to you in, in feeling confident? in these decisions? Because these aren't easy decisions to make. This isn't, you know, you're in South Carolina. You're great. You're, you're in the 50, right? Mm-hmm. And close proximity-ish to your parents and, and you're starting a family. You're doing all of these things. So it takes a lot of uh, security, let's just say, and faith sure. to say, I'm going to go to South Korea. And so how mm-hmm. important was scripture in, in, in that process, in that decision? Yeah. I mean, I think you're referring to the Matthew 6 story. That's part mm-hmm. of like the, was the call to salvation. Basically, I was to just really quickly, 30 seconds, sum that up. Um, I was at a, the lowest point in my life. 
um, and um, just um, so happened to, you know, grab a little NIV blue pocket Bible that my mom had, had hidden um, in my boxes. Go, Mom. Um, and, and I came across that at the lowest point. Like, God, nothing's an accident. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I, I seriously, I wouldn't recommend necessarily doing this, but, um, but I, I took the Bible, and I'm in this little studio apartment where you could, like, sleep and cook at the same time. Um, and, and I'm there, and um, I, I grabbed the Bible, and I said, okay, God, like, my whole life, like, my parents, my, my, my siblings— They've said you're real, like that, that you're worth it, whatever. And so I took the Bible and said, okay, if you're real, this is it right now. Like, prove it to me. And I did like this with the Bible, right? Um, and it was Matthew chapter, 20, uh, chapter 6. Read through it. Be anxious for nothing. Seek his kingdom. Everything will be given to you. And I said, okay, God. I looked up to the ceiling because that's where God is, right? And, um, <laughs> and okay, God, if you're real, um, you need to prove it right now. Um, and here's the deal. Um, if you, uh, if you promise to remove my anxiety and depression from me, um, then I promise I'll do this. I'll seek your kingdom first the rest of my life. Uh, I went to sleep. Um, after that, when I woke up in the morning, um, there was just this supernatural, overwhelming peace um, over me. Um, and I knew he had come through. And so um, the, the alcohol that was in my in my uh, in my studio, was flushing the toilet, all my anxiety and depression medication that I was told, you never go cold turkey, right? That's like 101, you never do that. But I knew that I w- it was over for me, flushed all that down the toilet. And that was it uh, for me. It. And so, yeah. Um, so that. So, so a lot of don'ts in that story. Yeah, a lot right? of don'ts. Okay, don't, don't, just, don't. But don't. <laughs> let, me, let me just say, so, so for me, I know this is not everyone's story, but. Right. For me, um, following the scriptures, and seeing it was so alive to me because mm-hmm. that was part of my testimony. And so for me, it was anything that, that is written here that Jesus has asked me to do or asked us to do, um, I, should, I should do it. I don't always do it. Right. Uh, you know, we all fall short, right? But, but if I follow, um, then I'll flourish, Right. And so, and that's certainly been true um, in, in, in my life. And so for me, it was the, the call is go make disciples of the nations. That's what we're all called to do. That's not just for me. Like, I'm not up here, you know, like I need like, some special calling. Um, we're all called to be ambassadors and followers of Jesus to help make disciples. And so for me, it was just taking that seriously. Okay, I'm, my life's purpose is to make disciples and follow Jesus. So that's what I'm going to do. It just so happens to be on the other side of the world. Which is the true testament of, of your obedience is in the flourishing, right? So you, you head to South Korea. You're like basically Godzilla in South Korea because you like stand like a full <laughs> head above everybody there, right? And so, so you're doing all of these things. And then God gifts you with a building which is unheard of in South Korea. Yeah, for an to, American. Yeah, you have to understand the landscape. Uh, Seoul is um, sort of like New York City um, in terms of like property value and, and those kind of things. And especially for a foreigner, um, there's a law um, in, in Korea, um, and there's reasons behind this. So you're going to be like, what? But there's reasons behind this. But basically, as a foreigner, if you buy a piece of property, 
uh, specifically a piece of land, that if you ever sell it back, you have to pay a 70% tax to the government. And so foreigners don't, don't buy property. And they do that on purpose because they don't want foreigners to buy property because of something that happened in 1999. You can go research that, okay? Um, so essentially, um, but there is literally, there is one church building. Um, there is one piece of land um, that was marked for foreigners in that city. Um, and um, we were doing house church, and we were meeting um, um, there. We had planted several, ch- several churches, um, uh, and it was our third church plant at the time. And we were growing out of our, our space. We really needed a, a building. Um, the International Mission Board um, which is part of the Southern Baptist Convention, they had built this space here um, years and years and years ago. Um, the pastor of that church had become, a, had become a friend of mine. He had been serving in this church for like 15 years. Um, we needed a space, um, and so they let us, uh, our, our church plant, they let us use it in the afternoons. Um, and so after about a year of, of doing that, sort of partnering in our neighborhood, um, that pastor came to me, um, and he basically said, hey, um, this might come as a surprise to you, but um, no one knows us yet, so please keep it on the download. But uh, my wife and I uh, were feeling the call to go back to America and, and, um, and, and do ministry there again. We have a church plant in uh, I was going to use the city, but it'd be irrelevant to you. Um, but uh, an hour south of here as well, I've been observing you guys, your ministry, the church planning network that you're building. Um, and I want to know if you'd be willing to, to merge our, these two churches together, uh, the third church plant that I was leading and then this church that was meeting in this building. And so we prayed about that for a few months, and the answer was yes. And what was amazing, which I didn't know at the time, is that after our gathering agreed to do that, he said, hey, I didn't want to influence your decision, um, but now that you've said yes and all the prayers have been done and everything, um, and basically said, what also comes with it is this gift, and basically handed over this, handed this building, um, handed me the land, handed me the building. There's no mortgage. Um, so we're the only English-speaking gathering in the nation of South Korea to have our own land, to have our own building. Um, that's it. So. Right? Yeah. And, and so, again, in the interview, you start to speak about, you know, the American idea of, of church as a building. And then, yeah. you know, your goal is to express to the people of South Korea that the people are the church. That's right. right. And um, so one of the things that, that struck me that you spoke about, you said that uh, you're removing bricks to yeah. lay a new foundation. Yep. And this goes into the cultural implications of, of, of being an American in, mm. in South Korea. Can you speak into that a little bit? Yeah, so one of the things that we were talking about, Johnny and I, there was just this idea that no matter where you are, um, uh, whether it's here in America or somewhere like South Korea, um, you know, the gospel is the same. It's the same message, um, but, it, but it, it's, it's how it impacts a culture is you know, it's different. And so there are traditions and, and uh, a religiosity, if I can say that, about American culture um, and American Christianity. And those bricks need to be removed so that the, the pure gospel can be built up. It's the same thing over in, in, in South Korea. And so one of the things that 
um, we say it's ironic that we have this church building. Um, and, and the reason for that is because, um, and, and we do this here in America too, right? Is we say, um, we believe that the building itself is a church. And how do I know that? Well, it's because tonight when you go home, if you call one of your family members or your friends and they ask you, what did you do today? Then how will you respond? Well, in the morning, I went to church. That's what you'll say. Um, but, you, did, but we're the church. Right, we are the we are the body of Christ. Right, um, the, the temple. That's Old Testament thinking. This is New Covenant. We are the temple and the body now, and so we are now to go be the church. We don't go to church. We are the church, and so that needs to be filtered out of our theology, if you will. That this idea that I come to this space and this is where my religion is, and then when I leave that space, then I'm something different or someone else. And that, that truth is the same in Korea that it is here, okay? So, so for all of us, um, it's this idea of what is this space? Well, it's actually a, it's a school <laughs> um, that you just so happen to be gathering in. We just so happen to be gathering today singing praises to Jesus. But if we met under a tree, or if we met by the side of a rock, or if we met in the in the coals, it's the church because we are gathered as an assembly. And so that's something that we've been really deeply trying to teach to the people in Korea as well. And so as you end your service here at Genesis, you say grace and peace. Um, we finish every service with saying, go be the church as a reminder of what we're supposed to do and be. That's right. Yep. Amen and amen. Yeah, give it up for that. And so... Is the question before the question, okay? Because there's a question I really, really want to ask you, but I like sure. this one too. Sure. So um, you, you said in the podcast, if you could do something else, and, and I'm going to completely paraphrase, if you're good at business, if you're good at this, or you're good at that, and you're struggling with what God wants you to do, but if you have another skill set... Mm go do that. Mm -mm. Like, that's not encouraging, bro. Like, yeah. what's up with that? Yeah. So Johnny asked a, an interesting question. I think it was the original intent and kind of shifted, but was specifically towards people feeling the call to full-time missions or to full-time pastors. And he asked, you know, what, what's the one piece of advice you would give to somebody who feels like they might be called into full-time ministry or to full-time uh, as a vocation, full-time missions? Um, and I said, even though it's not encouraging, the one piece of advice is, um, uh, if you can do anything else, then do that. <laughs> um, don't do this. Don't, don't go be a, a full-time pastor. I'm out. Um, yeah. <laughs> don't go be a full-time ministry if you can do something else. And the reason for that is because there will come a time uh, in, in your walk or in that ministry uh, where everything will, will crumble. It's, it's, it's going to happen. Like, read the New Testament. Um, Trials will come. Trouble will come. Pain will come. It's not, um, the, the promise of the gospel is not keep you out of the valleys. It's, it's when you're in the valleys, God will bring you through. Um, it's not to, he's not going to give you a detour around every valley. He's going to bring you through valleys. And so when you're in the valley, then you have to lean on something. And, and, if, and if you don't have a, a calling, um, then you will, you will fail. Um, you will walk away from the ministry, as so many people did during the pandemic. Um, so many pastors, you can read this, uh, but so many pastors, missionaries, left the mission field, left pastoral ministry um, because 
it just all crumbled around them and, and their identity was questioned. Um, and so in the same way for all of us, certainly we're all called to be, to be ministers of the gospel. Um, but in whatever God's, however he's gifted you and whatever he's called you to do, uh, do that thing. Don't, don't think about what's the financial package, what's the retirement benefit at the end. Um, try to find retirement in the Bible anyway. Try to do that. Yes. Um, but uh, he's, not, he's never done, right? We're always at work for him. Maybe not our, you know, our nine to five, but we're always working for him. Right. Um, I'm just saying, whatever he's gifted you to do, do that thing because that's where he'll bless, that's where he'll, he'll make you thrive. So um, whatever you call that, whatever you're, you're gifted at, do that thing and, and don't do anything else. Okay, so, and here's the question. So we were, we were talking yesterday and like you went to town and I just sat there. I started and just preaching listened. at you. Yeah, he started preaching at me. And I'm, I'm like in my, in my room and I'm like, hey man, hallelujah. And I was like, um, but you, you said, you spoke, about, you spoke about Jacob and Pharaoh. Yeah. All right, and we have... You're going to give me five minutes? I'm going to give you five minutes. Okay. It, it, it's okay. You took 20 when we spoke. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but I, I, we spoke about a lot of things, and yeah. I, I really wanted this to resonate with, with, with the folks in our church. And I wanted you to just, just go off, man. Just tell them what you told me about, okay, I'll about try. the Go Make Disciples, about yeah. Jacob, sure. 130 years. Yep. Have at it. Yeah, so, so the question Pastor PJ asked me was, you know, I have a, I have a list of, he said, I have a list of questions for you, but, but what's, what's the thing that ultimately you want people to take away or, or that you'd want them to hear about, about your story? And, and I told him, and I, and I, I truly mean this, is that my, my fear or my, my hesitation even of standing up here um, and sharing my story of, of being a full-time uh, missionary with my, with my family, like raising a, a, a child there, is that there would even be this inkling in, in any, just even one person that's like, wow, like what a story he has. Um, and, and I don't want that at all. I, I want everyone in this place to walk away saying, wow, what a great God we have. Um, what, what a great gospel we, we have. Um, and, and, and this message as well that, you know, um, yes, I am a, a foreigner um, in South Korea. I actually have a, a card in my wallet that tells me that. It's called an alien registration card. So every day I walk around with a card that says I'm an alien. Um, but, you know, <laughs> but, you know, at first there was a part of me that was a little bitter about that. Like, who are they to tell me, like, I'm an alien, like, I'm a stranger, I'm a foreigner. But I've grown to appreciate that card because it actually reminds me of who I really am in the sight of God. Because, you see, in 1 Peter chapter 2, I think it's verse 11, actually, Peter calls us, the apostle Peter calls all of us the body of Christ, that we are sojourners, that we are aliens, that we are visitors. There's no citizen, ultimately, of America or of Korea or of Brazil or of Canada. We are all citizens of the kingdom of God. Um, and I love how, um, if you remember the story, you know, Joseph is away. It says in Genesis, the son of Jacob, Joseph is away. He's risen to power. He's second in command of Egypt under Pharaoh. And Pharaoh, uh, there seems to be this exchange where he wants to meet Jacob. Pharaoh being the most powerful man in the world. Jacob famous as well. Okay? He's very wealthy and known throughout the land. And so Jacob comes to meet Pharaoh. 
And, and Pharaoh asks them a very interesting question. This is in Genesis chapter 47. I think it's verse 8. You can test me on that. But he says, just an easy question. He says, Jacob, Pharaoh to Jacob, Jacob, how old are you? And the next verse is profound. Jacob's response is profound. He says, the days of my sojourn are 130 years. In other words, direct translation, I've been visiting the earth for 130 years. Do you know how profound that is? That perspective to say, oh, like my life, you mean like my, my kingdom life or my, my life here on earth? Because this isn't my life, right? This isn't my citizenship. I've been visiting the earth for 130 years. And so I just want us all to understand that that's just the perspective I'm trying to, to have is a saying that I'm a, a visitor here for however long the God gives me. And, and, you know, there's something about visiting uh, that leads to intentionality. For example, if you went to Paris, um, if, if any of us were like, hey, we're going to go to Paris, and we went there, well, what would we do? If we're going to name the number one thing we're going to do, what would we do? We'd go see the Eiffel Tower, right? Um, some of you are very A-type, and so your whole vacation for that whole week would be planned out. Every meal, every site, everything, right? You would be intentional about that time because you're visiting. It's a short time. You're, you're going back home, right? And so it's the same thing for us. The grand perspective of the kingdom is we are also visitors here, meaning we should be intentional with our lives and how we live. And so I don't know how long God is going to give me to make disciples, um, I don't know how long I have to become like Jesus and help other people do the same. But I want to be intentional with my time while I'm here. Because, again, I'm an alien. I'm a foreigner. I'm a stranger. I am, I'm not a citizen of America. I'm not a citizen of South Korea. I'm a citizen of, of the kingdom of God. And so what I want us to know, all of us to know, is the last word for you would just be, um, no matter who you are, wherever you work, wherever you shop, wherever you play, the calling for all of us, for me, for you, is all the same. It's, it's glorify God and make disciples. That's it. Um, however, wherever Amen. he leads you, wherever he guides you, if you're a school teacher, if you're a nurse, if you're in business, if you're a stay-at-home mom, if you're a student, um, you're, to be, you're to live intentional where you are, where God's placed you with your eyes open, um, and representing the kingdom, both speaking the gospel to people, but also living out the truth of the gospel to people as well. That's your call. That's the same as me. I told you it was good, right? All right. James, um, can't thank you enough for, for sharing with us. Um, can we pray for you and for us? Of course. Can we do I that? appreciate that. You guys join me. Um, dear God, we just thank you. Uh, we thank you for this time. Uh, we thank you for this space. We thank you that... Um, Diversity is what you created. Uh, it's, it's what you love about each and every one of us, our individuality, our history, our, our, our upbringing, our traditions, our customs. But Lord, there's one culture, and that culture is the Jesus culture. Through the power of the Holy Spirit that unites each and every one of us through your sacrifice, Lord, we have one goal. It's to love you. It's to allow the overflow of that love to cause us to love others. And that as we love others, you would ordain individual purposes in each and every one of us, Lord. 
Lord, that none of us may dismiss what that call is in each of our lives, Lord. For some of us, it's to pour into our spouses, into our children. For others of us, it's to uh, spread out into the community, into our workplaces. For others of us still, it's to cross valleys and lands and oceans, Lord, to spread your word to those who don't know you. But will we not put those missions and those ministries on a scale, Lord, that we may all see ourselves as sojourners, Lord, just here for a while, wanting to do your will as best we can. And where we may lack, that you would allow the Holy Spirit to fill in those spaces, Lord, that we might glorify you in all that we do, in all that we say. Lord, we love you. We thank you that indeed you chose us and we did not choose you. May today we leave this space differently than the way we came in, with a newfound awe and fear of you and a spark and a fire to glorify you in all that we do and all that we say to those that might be willing to hear it and maybe even not. Lord, help us through the hard times. May we celebrate you in either the joy or in the tough times. We pray this all in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for tuning into the Genesis Church podcast. We hope you were blessed by today's message. If you want to connect more with Genesis Church, you can find all of our information at www.genesischurchorlando.com. We would love to hear from you. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando.